Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Hey, it's great to see you this evening. If you would, take your Bibles with me and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. On Wednesday night, we're going through the book of 1 Corinthians. We're in the 10th chapter, and it's our 14th sermon on the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to read verses 1 through 13. And tonight, I've, I've titled my thoughts, Learn from the Previous Generation. Amen. Learn. Learn from those that's gone on before us. Amen. Amen. So I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Begin reading in verse 1. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness." These things happened as a warning to us. Did you get that? These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And do not grumble as some of them did and they were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us, they were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. How many are thankful? God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity we have tonight to share the word of God. Now, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to receive and God, give us ears that would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. May we leave here this evening changed, challenged, conformed to the image of Christ. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. So chapter 9 closes with Paul 
talking about the importance of discipline in one's life. Now, I want to remind you the chapters were added later. This is one letter that is written in succession, paragraph after paragraph. The chapters and verses have been have been laid out so you and I can reference them and, 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 and cross-reference. So, so think of this as one letter that is written, and Paul closes chapter 9 talking about the importance of discipline in one's life. He speaks about not becoming too overly confident spiritually and then miss out on the race because of being disqualified. Paul used himself as an example of how he disciplines his physical man so that after preaching to others, he said that I myself might not be disqualified. The commentary opening up 1 Corinthians states this, Paul ended chapter 9 with a reference to the need he felt to exercise careful self-discipline, especially over his physical body. So that having preached to others, he might not himself be disqualified. For the principal prize God sets before us of receiving our, our Savior's commendation, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How many want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant? So Paul said, listen, I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want to be running this race and then told to stop. So I discipline myself so I'm ready. I run to win. And Paul wanted the Corinthians to understand the discipline of the Lord was a reality. The judgment of God was truth. And it would take place if necessary. See, I, I discovered this. Living and the understanding of the discipline of the Lord creates a healthy fear of the Lord. And how many understand we need a fear of the Lord, a healthy fear of the Lord? It serves as a motivator for disciplined living. You understand the God you serve is a holy God. The God you serve is a righteous God. He's a God that demands something from us. The word that says he's a jealous God, jealous for his own love, jealous for you, guarding his holiness. Now, let's go back to the teachings of Paul in chapter 3. Remember, Paul talked about how there was going to be a judgment time. There's going to be a time that's going to be tried by fire. In verse 12, it says, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. But on the judgment day, on the judgment day, the fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. So Paul is teaching, he says, there's coming a judgment, there's coming a time when everything is going to be tried by fire, everything's going to be judged, and it's going to be determined that what you did with your life, was there value or was there not? 
The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. Now, this might be hard to digest in a culture that does not celebrate discipline. In a culture that does not like to talk about discipline, consequences. Even a culture that frowns on some receiving a trophy while others do not. We don't want their feelings to be hurt. So let's give everybody a trophy. Is that not the society we live in? Can I tell you in life? Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Sometimes you get a trophy and sometimes you don't get a trophy. You know what happens if you don't get a trophy and you get upset? You're going to try harder the next time. Now understand the biblical principle here. Just because someone is offended by the fact of discipline or judgment... And trophies being handed out to some and not to others does not change the fact it's going to happen. The fact is judgment is a stark reality facing everyone. The Corinthian church needed to understand this. Not everybody gets a participation trophy. Because if you don't understand discipline and you don't live right, Guess what? You're in trouble. Paul was talking about the importance of discipline. Now, don't tell me you're buying into this, everybody gets a trophy stuff. You understand discipline's a part of life. You understand that either we accept Christ or we don't. And if you don't accept Christ, what happens is there is, there is a departing from him. There's eternal separation from him. So as Paul begins to talk to the Corinthian church, he wanted them to understand to make sure that they did not fall into the same trap as their ancestors. So he said, learn from the past. I don't want you to forget, he writes, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by the cloud that moved ahead of them. All of them walked through the sea on dry ground. They saw the supernatural power of God. They saw the Lord work. They had all these privileges. And if you read the first few verses, they were guided by the cloud. They walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, they were baptized as followers of Moses, and they were supernaturally provided food and water the 40 years in the wilderness. Yet notice what it says in verse 5. Yet God was not pleased with most of them. They saw the miraculous works of God, but God wasn't pleased with them. And their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. We don't like to talk about that today. 
We want everybody to be okay. We want everybody to make it. The reality of the matter is, is based upon our decisions. It's based upon the actions. It's based upon our lifestyle. The Word of God talks about decisions and consequences, choices and consequences. Go to Psalms 106 just for a moment. Listen to the psalmist as he's recounting these events. Verse 9, he says, He commanded the Red Sea to dry up. He let Israel cross the sea as if it were a desert. So he rescued them from their enemies and redeemed them from their foes. Then the water returned and covered their enemies, and not one of them survived. Then his people believed his promises. They sang his praise. Look at verse 13. Yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. In the wilderness, their desires ran wild, testing God's patience in that dry wasteland. Warren Wearsby, that great Baptist theologian, writes this. Paul warned that privileges were no guarantee of success. Israel had been delivered from Egypt by the power of God, just as Christian believers has been redeemed from sin. And Israel was identified with Moses in the Red Sea. Baptism, just like the Corinthians had been identified with Christ in their Christian baptism. Israel ate the manna from heaven and drank the water God provided, just as Christians nourished themselves on the spiritual sustenance that God supplies that God supplies but verse 5 says yet God was not pleased with most of them blessings do not necessarily bring success and mean success you can be around the power of God you can even experience the power of God you can taste of the power of God But we learn from our ancestors, they still rebelled against God. Even seeing and tasting, even experience the supernatural power of the Lord. Yet they still gave in to their lustful desires. They still gave in to grumbling and complaining disbelief. They still rebelled against God and they died in the wilderness church self-discipline is important we must learn from our ancestors learn from the previous generation you can have all these blessings but it's he who runs the race well now closing chapter 9 Paul says, every one of us is in a race, so run to win. Paul, the mighty man of God, says, I discipline my body. I don't want to be just shadow boxing. I bring my body into subjection because I don't want to preach the gospel and find myself then disqualified. 
Paul's experienced the power of God. He's experienced the resurrection glory of the Lord. He's seen the miraculous take place, but he understood the importance of discipline. He understood the importance of following through. He understood the importance of not relying upon yesterday's experience, but having a fresh encounter of God today. And it's important, church, that we don't just rely upon yesterday's experience, yesterday's glory, that we experience God's glory today. Today, this moment, this hour. Now, Paul said this is a warning to us. Look at verse 6. says, yet God was not pleased, verse 5, was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us. Not everybody gets a trophy. It happened as a warning so that we can know the importance of that personal relationship with God. That personal encounter. David Guzik writes this, despite all these blessings and spiritual privileges, the Israelites in the wilderness did not please God. In the light of all those blessings, gratitude should have been made more, should have made them more pleasing to God, but they were not. Lord, help us to learn from the previous generation. These bodies were scattered in the wilderness. They were not allowed to enter into the promised land. Despite all the blessings they had received, despite all the miraculous signs they had experienced, despite the supernatural being displayed on a daily basis, they died in the wilderness, never seeing the full reality of the promised land. Now, why do we need a warning? Well, let's first ask, why did the Corinthians need this warning? The Corinthians needed this warning for a couple of reasons. One, in their spiritual pride, they might get careless. And second, some were practicing the very sins Israel was judged for. Now look at the verses, verse 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. What were some of their sins? They craved evil things. Verse 7, they worshiped idols. Verse 8, they engaged in sexual immorality. Verse 9, they tested God. Verse 10, they grumbled. Now, we can hear some of the strong Christians of Corinthians saying, but what does it have to do with us? Paul then pointed out that the Corinthian church was guilty of the same sins that the Jews, their ancestors, had committed. Because of their loss for evil things, the Corinthians were guilty of immorality. We preach through chapter 6. In chapter 8 and chapter 10, they're guilty of idolatry. In 2 Corinthians 12, they're guilty of murmuring against God. So like the nation of Israel, they were tempting God and just daring him to act. But let's ask the question, why do we need a warning because mankind often repeats 
history. Our brokenness often creeps in to our daily living. You remember after the flood, Noah makes a sacrifice. And the sacrifice that Noah makes is a pleasing aroma to the Lord. In Genesis 8, verse 21, it says, And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. Even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all living things. Even though, even though their heart is bent toward doing wrong. Why do we need this warning? Because of our brokenness. There's a bent in that old nature toward doing wrong. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? The human heart is deceptive. So why do we need this warning of our ancestors who had the glory of God? They, they saw the miraculous. They ate of that spiritual bread every day. And, and Paul said the rock that followed them was Christ. There was a manifestation of the pre-incarnate Christ. They had all of this, yet they died in the wilderness. Because God was not pleased with them. Because even though they could handle and taste and see the miraculous, yet they still wandered away from God. And Paul was talking to the Corinthians, be on guard. Know your hearts. You have a tendency to wander. So stay in the presence. Stay close to God. And church, hear me. Not everybody gets a trophy in this race. Stay close to God. Stay close to the Lord. Can somebody give God praise? Stay close to him. These things are an example to us. Verse 11. They were written down to warn us who live <coughs> at the end of the age. When the Israelites disobeyed, they received punishment. There's consequences to our disobedience. But know this, God is faithful. No temptation has come upon you that God will not give you strength to overcome. No challenge has come your way that God will not empower you to overcome. You say, well, pastor, this message you're preaching it's harsh. It's tough. Because I'm in it for the trophy. I'm in it for the reward. I'm in it to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In church, we all are. 
But may the fear of God come upon us so that we learn to depend upon him. We learn to rely upon him. We learn to trust in him day to day. So Paul said this in verse 12. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. So one of the problems of the Corinthian church was spiritual pride. One of the problems of the church, they were gifted, they were talented. There was prophecy, speaking in tongues. There was the miraculous. But there was also sin in the camp. There was also a waywardness to them. Paul, as a pastor, was teaching them, don't let your spiritual pride get in your way and you miss God. Take heed lest you fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. You know, sometimes when we're in the middle of a crisis, do we not think other people don't have it as bad as we have it? Do we not think sometimes, Lord, what I'm going through, I just can't make it. I just can't overcome. But listen to what Paul says. That which you are going through, that which you're being tempted by, is common to others. God will not allow you to be tempted more than you can stand. But with every temptation, he makes a way of escape so that you can endure. So that you can endure. So understand God is faithful. Place your confidence in God's faithfulness and not in your own personal performance or effort. Don't rely upon your own personal effort or strength. Rely upon the character of God. He will not allow more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out. Now, if he's going to show you a way out, that means you got to be listening. That means you got to be led by the Spirit. That means you got to have your ears close to hear what the Lord is saying to you so that you can know the way out. And the goal is this, so that you can endure. The goal is to overcome, to endure to the end. It's not to die in the wilderness. It's to go to the promised land. It's not to die in the wilderness. I'm going to the promised land. He's called me out of Egypt, and I'm not going to get stuck halfway. I'm going all the way through. So I'm going to take heed to myself. I'm going to look. I'm going to watch. I'm going to understand the importance of discipline so that I can find a way out whenever the enemy tempts me because I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm being empowered. 
empowered by the Holy Spirit. And church, I'm going to endure by the grace of God. I'm going to endure by the goodness of God. And listen to what Jesus said. Everyone, they may hate you because of being my follower, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And church tonight, we are committed to endure to the end. God is faithful. But learn from the previous generation. Learn from the ancestors. Don't just think, oh, look what God's done for us. So I can just do what I want, live any way I want. No, take heed to yourself. Discipline yourself and follow Jesus Christ. Follow him on a day-to-day basis. Understand, God is faithful. You will overcome in the name of Jesus. Can we stand together? Can we lift our hands toward heaven? Just give God thanks. Can we thank him today because he is faithful? Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord. I pray, God, you would just continue to work and move in our life, God. And, Lord, may we not rely upon yesterday's experiences, but may we have a fresh encounter with you a fresh encounter with the king of kings and the lord of lords father move in our heart move in our life we pray